the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast. I'm Elaine. And I'm still Julia. <laughs> Together we are the, the Potty, Potty Plotters. Plotters. And don't forget, you can subscribe and you can follow and you can contact us anytime that you actually want to. On all those social media yeah, channels. whatever things. they all are. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Elaine, have you had a good Easter? Are you, have you recovered from your chocolate uh, overdose? That you... <laughs> no, and neither has anybody else either. I've been seeing rabbits. I don't know about much more. I've not ate one. I was just seeing them. That's You've not all. seen them up the plot, have you? No. We don't no. want rabbits up the plot. No. So we'll carry on with the chocolate after we finish this next podcast, which is number 12. Is it already? Honestly, yes. It's been a bit of a nightmare, hasn't it, for more people than we'd like to say. But it's been interesting. Yes, yes. So what's this episode about? Ready, steady, show. Oh, are we entering a show? Uh, No, you wouldn't ever want that, actually. So what we are going to do is we're going to have a catch-up. We're going to talk about things that we've been doing and how they're all going on. And then we're going to talk to a very lovely person called Sarah Pohl. And she is the uh, show's development officer for... The RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society. Oh, have we been allowed in yet? Uh, No, we haven't actually, Julie. We just talked to her on Zoom, but that worked. It's okay. (laughs) And she survived. Okay, so it's show and tell what we've been up to then. Well, yeah, if you want to call it that. I mean, I called it Ready, Steady, Show. But if you want to change it, Julia, that's fine. (laughs) I don't mind. Get your pen out, love. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. What have you been doing this week? Uh, this week, well, we've been out and about doing lots of talks as usual. Um, and if anybody listening wants us to come out to them and do a talk, we are now allowed outside the county boundary with a passport obviously and a flask and that is quite worrying isn't it because everywhere we go we do get lost and that's in the county boundary so once we step outside of it heaven knows how long it'll take us to find them no idea but if you do want us then uh, contact us via our social media if it is international you will have to pay our airfare (laughs) 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 i prefer going on a train but evidently you can't go in the sea with one of them can you no anyway so uh, what are we going on about now? And what else have we been up to? <laughs> well, I've been digging. I know that's a shock oh, to you, isn't stop, it? Do you? No, I love digging. I love the smell of the earth and I love this time of year. Uh, Easter, roundabout Easter, is generally the time that everybody starts on their allotments. And there's the clanking, isn't there, of the spades as they hit things, not bodies, but generally <laughs> when you hit something as you um, get your spade into the soil. And it's the smell of the soil that does it for me. And I love the fact that I did do... A load of muck. I didn't do a load of muck. There was a load of muck on the uh, top of all the areas that I'm digging and uh, it's all mulched down lovely. So I've got loads of worms. So I know that I'm going to have a good year this year. What about you? Uh, well, we've also been preparing for World Earth Day, haven't we? Because we've got something very exciting coming up. Well, yeah, yeah, very. (laughs) I'm a bit worried about it. Risk assessments have all gone in and everything, but by crikey, who would have thought we'd have made it that big? Oh, we'd better not say any more, though. No. No, all right, keep it to one side. Top-notch advice, no Latin included. The Potty Plotters Plotcast. I'm going to say hello. I don't know whether to curtsy or um, actually I just feel can very Can you do that like, sitting down? Uh, I don't know, but we could have a go, couldn't we? Yeah. But today we are talking to the RHS, 
show's development officer, Sarah Pohl. Is that right, Sarah? Hello. Yes. So my name is Sarah Pohl and I am head of shows development at the RHS and I work in our shows department. Yes. Oh, that's a big title. What what do you actually do, Sarah? What does it mean? Properly, (laughs) properly. The the brass tacks of it all. The details, the the gory details. Um, Essentially, I work um, with all our shows teams across all our shows on our content at our shows. So um, some really exciting things like our show gardens from our bigger categories to our smaller categories. So our big gardens at Chelsea to our smaller categories like our allotments, our florals, our nurseries. So anything pretty on the show ground, I like to say. Sarah. That sounds my ideal job. Um, I mean, it isn't a job interview today. We're going to be talking to you about the shows, but I'll tell you what, that sounds like me. Sarah, my ears pricked up when you said allotments. Allotments, where can we see allotments in the RHS shows? We've got a lovely category at Hampton Court. It's been running for a few years now um, and it's a community allotment category. So it's got really lovely. It's one of my favourite things to see at our shows. Um, they're really exciting designs and they're really creative and clever. So that's at Hampton Court. We've got those. Does that mean the, the allotments can actually get medals? Yes, it does. <gasps> Yes, anyone could enter. So you just have to be part of a community um, and to apply. So, yeah, you could. Anyone can get a medal this year, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. But who can, I mean, we talk about this quite frivolously, obviously. But the truth is, you said that anyone can apply. Take us through the process then, Sarah, as to how anybody gets an RHS garden into any of the criteria that may be out there at any of the shows. Well, we have lots of different categories for different people. So obviously our big show gardens need to have design experience and big contractors behind them and the sponsorship. So those are our big boys. But we've got categories for all levels. So we've got a lovely category at Tatton, for example, which is our school gardens category. Um, and we've got a lovely school gardens category at Malvern as well. And these these designs are some some of the most creative things you've seen. So um, all you simply have to do is go onto our website. Um, all the information is on there about how to apply. They all have different deadlines. We like to apply well in advance of the show. Um, but yeah, anyone can have a go. So we really want to make sure that our shows are exciting and fun. And some of the community category, it's just so lovely to see people get come in and see what they've done back at their base or the schools. They've worked on this in their curriculum, in their class classroom and they all the school kids come around and excitedly see what they've their hard work put into place on one of our shows. Sarah how many shows are there in a year? Well we've got lots of shows at our gardens as well but our core shows um, are start at Malvern Spring so that's in early May and then goes on to Chelsea. Um, then we've got Hampton Court which is in July early July and then Tatton Park which is at the end of um, at the end of July so that one's um, up in Cheshire. So those are our core main shows and then we have some smaller ones at our RHS gardens as well. So if anybody was going to any of your shows, they just need to look at your website and find the details on there. 
All of the info is on there and all the ticketing info that you need is on our RHS website. Um, now I know on your website, you do actually recommend things to take with you when you're going to the shows. What would you actually recommend? Because I took my plastic poncho last year to Chelsea <laughs> and I had to hide it. It was a bit embarrassing, but I had to keep it in my bag. What would you actually suggest that we should take? I would, well, obviously check the weather first. Um, so it's a beautiful, balmy, sunny day. I would definitely bring some sun cream so that you don't get blinded by our trackway. But if it's a muddy day, I'd bring your wellies. Um, I've seen both at Hampton Court. It's either a very, very muddy year or it's a very, very hot, dusty year. So I would make sure I bring your recyclable cup because um, that you, for, for your coffee, your, your water bottle, because we've got lots of water bottles, stations all around the show. And yeah, comfy footwear. Definitely. One more thing, you must bring lots of bags for all your lovely shopping. Would you say that RHS is accessible for everybody or is it price exclusive and therefore excludes certain people, maybe in this day and age of austerity, for instance? You know, how can we encourage people to put money on one side to go to one of the shows? Uh, I think it's I think we've got lots of opportunities coming up for lots of different people now. And we do have our different price brackets, which are all on our website, the different shows at a different price point. Uh, we try to make our shows um, open to as many people as we can. Um, there are different time session slots that you can come to as well. So um, have a look on there. All the information is there. But our shows really are. We want to make sure we're getting people excited about gardening from a school, young age, all the way through to their teens, which we're doing a lot of work on at the RHS, um, through to families and, and the older generation too. So we want to make sure our shows are really accessible for all ages, really. And all our content is uh, is aimed at exactly that all those those experienced wise gardeners that know what they're doing um, to those that are really starting out at the very beginning usually the RHS has a theme to follow each year and the theme this year is going to be We've got two themes. We've got wildlife theme. So we've got lots of lovely features about wildlife and how to look after wildlife in your gardens. And also the other theme is sensory. So touchy, feely, um, exciting uh, themes like those two you'll see at our shows this year. And do you get to go to all the shows? I do. I'm very lucky. <laughs> you are. I, I am Which very lucky. I love going to all the shows. And it's funny, you you hit January and it's like, oh, the shows, you stop talking from shows next year to shows this year. So yeah. I need that job. I'm telling yeah. you, I need that job. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot now. So if you could only go to one, if you had to pay and you could only go to one, which one would you go to? Oh, no, you really are putting me on the spot. All my show managers would be cross at whatever I <laughs> <laughs> I love them all for different reasons, but I do really love Tatton Park up in Cheshire. It's the end of the show season. It's a lovely, relaxed feel. Usually the weather's all right, um, but I equally love Malvern at the very beginning of the season. Because yes, yeah. it's yeah. springtime, we're all excited to be out. Uh, we've got lovely longer days and everyone's shopping and the buzz there is really quite exciting. We've got the push as well at the moment, and we certainly will have over the next few months for growing your own edibles are all about i think anyway they're probably all about us aren't they yeah we just love growing everything <laughs> that you eat and uh, we just love eating generally <laughs> can you think of anything that at the moment is going to be outstanding at any of the shows around edibles that other people might be interested in well we've obviously got our fantastic nurseries so our nurseries what's quite unique about our shows our nurseries come from around the country they come from all over to, um, the country to 
to come and sell their wares at our show. So you've got our, our marquees, our great pavilion at Chelsea and our floral marquees at all of our shows is the place to go if you want to buy plants and get excited and start eating. And we've got lots of exhibitors in there selling all, all sorts because I totally agree with you. It's so exciting when you grow something and then you can eat it at the end. <laughs> yeah. And when we've been to uh, the shows, we've been uh, quite drawn to the demonstration area. Are there any demonstrations we should be looking out for this year? Well, we've got so many. And I think lots of people, like you say, come for those demos and you learn so much. I love wandering around the show and seeing what we've got going on. But one area that we've got that I love is inside our floral marquee. So it's every show, not other than Chelsea, because uh, we're a bit title spe- space at Chelsea, but they, we've got what we're calling our potting bench. So it'll be a lovely, it'd be really learned from the growers. So um, it'll be getting their top tips on uh, how to plant a hanging basket or the best plant to grow here or what they do, those secrets, behind the scenes secrets that those nurseries have got of what you can do. So I would head inside the floral marquee to our potting benches this year. What's on trend? What is it that is uh, the thing for the year? Because I know we looked at rewilding last year and that was quite controversial to say the least. I mean, to be quite frank, there was one garden that we looked at and we knew that if that was our allotment, we'd have been evicted. So we're just wondering what might we take like- us by surprise. I'm just we love a little it. bit of controversy. It's all very <laughs> exciting. Um, so who knows what this year is going to bring up to, to throw at you. Um, we've got lots of uh, grow your own edibles. So we've got our School Food Matters Garden and the Savills Garden, as well as edibles um, with the Cayley brother- brothers showing mushrooms. So we've got lots of edibles edibles going on we've got well we've got um, a climate resilient garden coming up at um, Hampton so lots of drought tolerant plants water conscious gardening ideas so we've got that um, coming through lots of gardening for the environment Um, so ideas as I mentioned earlier about wildlife Wildlife, how to use your garden to support wildlife Um, plants for pollinators other insects some some really lovely ideas for gardening for the environment so I think those would be our top themes although our shows always surprise us they always surprise us Um, by the end of the show season we'll be like this is the top plant of the year and we it snuck in there and we didn't even know it so it's always quite exciting to see what comes through Um, things always always come up even though we know what's coming up in our shows things always do surprise us as to what the public you know catch on to that there's that's their exciting plant of the year or their exciting theme for the year so those are a few to look out for anyway so have you seen in recent years at the shows have you seen kind of a a demographic shift in ages of the people who are coming through because when covid hit everybody got gardening everybody got growing their own and we did see loads of new people getting into allotmenting and gardening so have you seen a big shift in the people who are coming to the rhs shows and also has there been an increase in numbers I think we've seen a huge shift. I totally agree with you. And um, we've seen it come through our content side. We've seen through it through uh, come through on our colleagues. Um, it's really exciting to see the shift of everybody getting involved in gardening. And I think now some of our new categories, like our balconies at Chelsea, um, our slim gardens that we've got coming up this year at Tatton, we've got our rental gardens. So some ideas that really are 
easy go-to ideas for those people starting out just to make sure that people are able to garden anyone can garden they just need a they just need a windowsill um so it's making sure that we are open to everybody but i have seen a real shift at our shows it's lovely seeing younger people coming in and getting excited um and not just those people that have got a big garden and know what to do but really those that, that are starting out as well so it's a lovely shift we're really starting to see see a change there the Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. So for the rest of the episode, Julia, let's go backwards and start to remind people what they should be doing because now we're into April. We started this in February and some people might need some hints and tips as to what to do next. Oh, so we've got to remember what we've been doing. I can't even remember what I did yesterday, Elaine. Well, I'll remind you. Okay. Let's okay. go back to episode one. And the first one that we did was all about chitting our potatoes. C-H-I-T-T. Yeah, you had those, didn't That's you? That's right, What did you yeah. do with them? Um, all I did was I put them on one side in the shed and I left them and the little bits have actually grown and I've got them at the side of me and you can see now they're about an inch half an inch to an inch tall and they are ready for going in so I can tell you that very soon in the next fortnight they're going in the ground that's what I've been doing with them okay okay so in episode two Elaine we talked about rhubarb and we had the forces out so I was forcing mine with my old black bin and you had your terracotta pots and uh, they came up and they were lovely I had loads and loads of lovely uh, pale forced rhubarb which I've already eaten Right, and mine is yet to come because mine is a later variety. So for those of you who have got any pink rhubarb that is now showing, then what I would suggest is that you either eat it or leave it to carry on growing. Either is absolutely fine, but I am going to teach you in the very near future how to make rhubarb gin. Oh, lovely. Now, what about sweet peas then, Julia? How are you going on with yours? Sweet peas, well, mine... See, you I know. want to sing. That's your fault. <laughs> so sweet peas, they're already up through and I've already taken the tops out of mine. And in taking the tops off, all we're doing is trying to force the growth to the bottom to make a nice bushy plant. So what you do is after you've got two or three sets of leaves coming out the sides of the sweet peas, just nip the tops off. And that's what I've done. I've been round, done that with all my sweet peas and I've put mine in the polytunnel this year because I want a really early showing of them and I thought it'd be quite nice to have them in there. The smell in there will attract the pollinators in there as well. And is that the right time now then for everybody else to be sticking them outside too? Depends on the weather conditions. Where where we are in the Midlands, we're still at risk of frost. Uh, so potentially what you could do is pop them into your cold frame and just slowly introduce them to the outside weather conditions but um, anywhere else, if you pass the risk of frost, then yeah, pop them in. Brilliant. Now then, what about pea shoots? And as you know, I hate them. Well, we've eaten them, haven't we? Yeah. All I can say is that succession planting, what you can do is keep on planting more. It's dead easy to do. All you need is a little container, some compost, sprinkle some peas on the top, which were the bigger peas that you buy for soaking them and making them into mushy ones. And then all you do is put some more compost on the top, water them, leave them on your windowsill, making sure that you've got your trusty newspaper. I brought my newspaper in with me today, just in case I got bored. But anyway, got newspaper, <laughs> stick that underneath its bottom so that you don't rot your windowsill. Mm. Carry on eating them, that's what I would say with those. 
Very good, very good. And what happened with the shallots that you planted at the same time? All doing lovely. They're still in the greenhouse. There's a little bit of growth on the top, but a good root system, so they can stay there. Oh, we like good roots, don't we? Mm. Although we'll have to go and get our hair done. Uh, <laughs> so, episode five, uh, we talked about the aubergines, chilies, and peppers. We had a bit of a hot session there, didn't we? We did, and, and there's loads of them. Well, there was a little minor disaster along the way in the fact that they were on my windowsill at home, and one of the neighbours' cats came in and walked all over them. But I did manage to salvage them. I've repotted them into individual plant pots, and they've now got uh, three sets of true leaves on them. So they're, they're nice and healthy again now but uh, I'll leave them to keep growing and until I've kind of engaged the weather conditions I'll keep them at home I think. It's safest and what about these uh, elephant seeds then the elephant leek seeds were in episode six and uh, they've come on a bomb they work so well Julia well done on those are we going to be planting them out in a bit? No not yet no not yet we're going to leave them in the um, milk bottle and we're going to let them grow a little bit more until they get to the pencil size really and then we shall put them outside so we'll teach you how to do that when it's time to do it because there is a knack to that isn't there it isn't as as straightforward as people think so that's great okay then parsnips i adore parsnips we did them in episode seven and we did them in the takeaway box to get them germinating did yours germinate of course of course it's a fail safe method (laughs) oh i think it is and i've had a hundred percent success rate with those so that's grand and we'll be parking i was going to say but we won't be parking parsnips we'll actually just be keeping them and then we'll plant them again in the next week or so i would say yes and then we'll pass them on which is where it came from yeah Yeah. pass Pass the the parsnip parsnip parcel yes yeah (laughs) that's the one right then and then we talked about um broad beans in episode eight didn't we now they're a thing that i don't like but what i can say is that all of mine are growing really well and very soon we'll be hardening them off now then, what's hardening off, Julia? And <laughs> I knew I was going to laugh. I knew. In fact, I think I've gone a bit pink, actually. <laughs> but what do we mean by hardening off? What we mean by hardening off is slowly introducing things to the outside conditions. So where you've been growing something in your greenhouse or been growing it at home, obviously it's been nice and snug and well protected. And if it's going to go outside, it's like sending you outside without a coat on. You're going to be a bit cold. So so we're going to send you out, but we're going to put a coat on you. And that's all we're doing. When we're, when we're hardening something off, we're either going to be putting it outside into the cold frame, which is almost like the coat, or we're going to pop it out in the daytime when it's nice weather, but then bring it in at night because we don't want them freezing to death and dying. So it doesn't matter if you've not got a cold frame then at home no. if you've been doing this. Yeah. All you do is put them outside. Yeah, in the daytime and then just bring them in at night time when it's going to drop a bit cooler. Do that for about a week, two weeks, until they're acclimatised and then they can go in the ground. So nobody wants to go into shock because they're too cold. No, well, no perhaps best right then the peas the dreaded peas we set them quietly didn't we in episode nine and they are through those that i did that were in gutters are also through so we will be peed out or peed off (laughs) very shortly right then so what are we going to do with them then because i've got to protect them still from the mice and rats but i am ready i think to be planting them out we'll plant them out but harden them off 
in the so process. do what you yeah, said yeah just introduce them to yeah. the outside and then bring them in yeah they are quite hardy but because you've been growing them inside they have been well protected and they're used to warmer conditions so. okay so we'll teach people how to do that and then to get them climbing up pea sticks etc because mine are extremely tall obviously and uh and yours aren't no no okay so what about the tomatoes then from episode 10 are yours through yet yes they're only just through they came through within the week so that's perfect Ooh. but they're just beginning to put on their first set of leaves now so, brilliant so we've got the baby leaves but the first true leaves are coming through so give it another week and then i'll be pricking them out and moving them on into their own separate and the important pot. thing to do with those is that they're on the windowsill so start moving them all the time so that they don't grow leggy towards the light that's right isn't it that's yeah that's a problem if you grow things on your windowsill they'll always follow the light so they do tend to kind of bend over so just turn it every day right and the meal barrow in episode 11 um i've noticed that although i covered it in glass etc it's still sort of sitting there dormant it's not been particularly warm it's warmish and certainly it's warming up outside but just leave it for the time being yes yes because gardening allotmenting it's all about patience it's not a fast food shop it's a patient shop okay meal barrows are us hints and tips for shortcuts to success the potty plotters podcast so carrying on with our hints and tips then, Julia, I do think that these can be invaluable. I'm hitting this paper like it actually matters, but this is my latest gardening magazine. Right then, in front of me is ye olde kitchen garden mago, and most people would throw these away, certainly as they get to 12 months old, but I don't do that. No, what do you do with them? I keep them and I wrap my Christmas presents, believe it or not, and birthday presents in them because a lot of my friends are gardeners and whether they like it or not, I am going to wrap in this. And the great thing is that then you can use the string to keep it all in place. Oh, that's a great recycling tip, Elaine. It is, yeah, but I'm not really sure if they're enamoured with it when they get it, but I've enjoyed doing it. Well, I'd like one, thanks. OK, then. Once again, we want to thank Sarah for her update on what we can expect at the RHS shows. And you too for listening. So don't forget, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, press that subscribe or follow button so that you never, ever dare miss an episode. But anyway, in the next episode, we'll be talking to a really fascinating gardener, Keith Fern. And we'll also be talking about Julia's melons and her cucumbers. So, one not to be missed. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media Production.